Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. Let me ask you, over the past little while here on the program, we've been hearing about this new app. Have you had a chance to look it over yet? Uh, you've, you've certainly heard it described. Do you have any initial thoughts? I'd love to hear from you. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Just share some of your thoughts on there. Do you think you'll be downloading it and using it? Uh, will you unlock your location services? Are you going to uh, do what is requested of you by the state epidemiologist and the governor and such like that uh, and participate in this way to combat the coronavirus? Uh, if I'm honest, I'm still unsure. I've downloaded the app. Uh, I've answered all the questions. I've given it my information. Uh, but I am unsure what I am going to do with the location services, and I need your help sorting that out. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd love to hear from you right there. Now, speaking of the governor. It was announced just yesterday as he and others gathered at Merritt Medical to uh, announce a new agreement between uh, the state and that fine organization that uh, elective medical procedures were back on the books. Today, uh, the governor talked uh, briefly about some of the criteria that will be put in place for the various medical providers who uh, provide uh, these types of procedures, and uh, they all seem pretty straightforward. In most locations, you'll be subject to a temperature screening uh, and a questionnaire. Uh, In many locations, you will be allowed only one guest to accompany you. Uh, The toys and magazines that so often clutter up the waiting room and offer good distraction to those folks waiting uh, for their procedures or offering uh, distraction to the children, those are gone. Uh, And then for some of the more uh, serious surgeries, uh, they will be required or it will be required that you undergo a COVID-19 testing prior uh, to surgery. Now, last week you heard uh, a conversation between myself, or maybe it was Monday, recently, uh, (laughs) I'll say, a conversation with a good friend of mine, Dr. Stephen Mobley, uh, MobleyMD.com, a facial plastic surgeon and an expert on uh, these topics and knows a thing or two uh, about the impact felt by uh, service providers uh, under the uh, prohibition of elected procedures. Now, in the conversation we had the other day with Dr. Mobley, he uh, opened my mind. And in fact, I have for the past few days been reeling uh, with my new understanding of the, the actual scope of what is included in elective procedure. It's not, uh, you know, the, the nip-tuck tuck type stuff, uh, there are procedures that fall under the category of elective uh, that quite honestly uh, are necessary to save lives. So to continue that conversation, talk about a few other things. Uh, here is uh, Dr. Stephen Mobley. Sir, grateful to you for joining us again. Thanks, Lee, for having me back on the show. Uh, we have a landline this time, so hopefully no dropping out. And as you said, my specialty is facial plastics. But some of your listeners may recall many years ago, I used to be a routine uh, guest on ABC4 local news doing general health topics. So I guess kind of like Sanjay Gupta is a neurosurgeon, but the uh, topic of general, I have been doing my best to uh, stay up to date on the coronavirus so I could help you and your listeners understand better. That's great. I'm grateful to you. And I, I, you're, you're better than Sanjay Gupta, all right? You, you are, you're far superior to Mr. Gupta. All due respect to him, uh, I'd rather be chatting with you, sir. Uh, tell me, well, you. as a provider of, uh, of elective surgeries, what does this mean? What does yesterday's announcement from the governor mean to you and your business? 
Yeah, so I think what's more important for just the citizens of Utah in general is there is going to be a chance to get back into the healthcare system to get some of those elective procedures. When you and I spoke on Monday, we used the analogy of the importance of everyone, men and women over the age of 50, to get colonoscopies. Uh, well, lo and behold, it would appear from the latest information I have that colonoscopies might be on sort of the list of things that still aren't quite approved yet. So that might be in our next phase of approval. Right now, we're looking at a lot of your orthopedic surgery, so people out there who have lower back problems. A lot of our aunts and uncles and grandparents uh, have hip and knee problems. Those are going to start getting uh, the green light to go ahead. And obviously, more serious surgeries, uh, cardiac surgeries, uh, cancer surgeries, the big surgeries are now getting cleared. The Utah Hospital Association at 4 o'clock today will be announcing uh, added guidelines uh, to what it means uh, for folks here in the state of Utah as we get back into the business of elected procedures. I, here's the thing. Until you just said it now, I was not expecting uh, colonoscopies to still be uh, in the questionable category. Uh, that's not yet definitive? Well, I have a document in my hand, and we know during this coronavirus time, sometimes what you know at 2.40 p.m. is different than when you know at 5.40 p.m., but currently from what I'm seeing here, endoscopies are in the next tier to be released. So for people out there that listen, and if you want to think about broad health concerns, uh, I want to keep the whole public healthy, so I want you know, women getting their mammograms, I want men and women getting colonoscopies, uh, men should be talking to their doctors about prostate exams, all those things that we haven't done now for four to six weeks, there's a lot of undiagnosed, probably early stage illness out there that we should be catching and not letting that progress. I don't want this temporary shutdown of our health care system to lead to a spike in what could have been treatable health care problems because we all quit going to the doctor for a month or two. And that's exactly what's happening. Every day that an individual is not screened in this method, it is possible. And the numbers indicate is likely uh, that this cancer is spreading throughout their body, ultimately uh, compromising uh, their health. It's a heartbreaking thing, and hopefully this gets resolved quickly. Um, let me talk to you about this. The, there across our nation is a diversity of populations. Geography is different and so varied across our great country, uh, and there. Uh, are, as we have seen, uh, various uh, approaches to how each state and even municipalities and counties uh, are combating this. Uh, it is not a one-size-fits-all uh, circumstance. Can you talk to me a little bit about your thoughts uh, along those lines, please? Well, exactly. I'd like to remind uh, your listeners, and again, we, we covered some of this on Monday, but we should all be very proud of our state, our, our local leaders, our health care leaders and the IHC and university and other health care systems. We've done tremendously well. I think, as we had talked about earlier, Utah is leading the nation in terms of testing per capita. So we're testing of almost just shy of 25,000 people out of a million. That's a really high number. If you look over at our neighbors in Colorado, a similar size state, maybe a similar Mountain West culture, they're testing just uh, around the 8,000 citizens uh, out of a million. So we're doing great there. And we also, and, can, we uh, also continue to ramp up that rate. I've been keeping an eye on those per capita testing numbers, and uh, we were at 8,000 per million or so weeks and weeks ago, and we are just each, each and every day increasing our capacity to test here in the state of Utah. 
Absolutely. And I think for people getting surgery, if your surgeon and the surgical team was not at risk, if you're not at risk, I would feel pretty safe about having that surgery. But let's be honest, a lot of people who have surgery are in not optimal health. So what does a 65-year-old person with a history of asthma do when they really need to get their hip worked on so they can be mobile and and begin to to live a healthier lifestyle? Those are going to be the tough choices. And I think almost certainly if you fall into an known at-risk category as as defined by the CDC, you're probably going to need some sort of preoperative testing for COVID. And so the faster the state ramps up those tests, that's going to be better for all of our listeners for sure. 100%. Uh, listen, Dr. Mobley, I, uh, I hate to say it, but we've got to wrap things up. Um, I'll tell you what, you, you and I have been texting back and forth, and there's a conversation I'm looking forward to having with you next opportunity. You and I can chat, and it's about the nature of the disease itself. How serious is it if, uh, say, someone like you or me were to contract it, uh, and what does that look like in real terms? I'd like to get your thoughts uh, on that next time you and I speak. How about that? Absolutely. I've, I've got some data on that. I'll uh, work on it until the next time you and I can join the listeners, but I'd love to share some thoughts on that and sort of have a positive message that for a lot of people, it may not be as scary as you've been led to believe. And for a select few, it might be quite scary. And so we'll, we'll try and present that in a way that educates your listeners, but uh, we want to keep fear down, but keep scientific knowledge up. Outstanding. Dr. Stephen Mobley, MobleyMD.com is your website. Uh, grateful for your expertise and the time you've uh, spent with me on these airwives uh, sharing your expertise with the audience. Going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to be speaking to another friend of mine, Erica Hansen, uh, spokesperson up at Utah's Hogle Zoo. Uh, now, why are we chatting with the zoo? Well, they uh, have some interesting views uh, uh, about this Tiger King show that's been airing on Netflix. Uh, all the cool kids are watching it. What do the zoos think? We'll find out next. On Life Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.